Hi, welcome to White Hat versus Black Hat SEO Show. My name is Josh Bashinsky, and today I have with me a couple guests. One is Ted Kubitis. Say hi there, Ted. Hello. And a few other folks on the call, uh, Richard and Bradley, they might be asking some questions later on. And if you're wondering where our Black Hat co-host Clint is, I don't know. <laughs> He's out black hatting, doing something. Maybe he'll join us a bit later. Maybe he'll maybe he he'll be black hatting around. We won't see him. Who knows? He's uh, it's hard to predict what black hats will do. So if you've ever <laughs> if you've ever watched a show before, this is a show about search engine optimization, all about SEO. We are the best SEO show on the YouTube's because we use uh, scientific models and scientific experimentation and you know, stuff they teach in universities to try and come to grips with understanding uh, SEO and knowing what is actually knowledge in SEO and what is not. And we share that knowledge with you, the viewers. And so if you have any SEO questions, if you're watching live, ask in the chat, it'll be on the top right-hand side on your YouTube, or you can join a show uh, if you like, email me and we can maybe work, work that out. So today, um, we're gonna be doing a site clinic today there's some pretty big news and pretty interesting stuff going on. We're going to cover what's new first. Uh, but <laughs> someone said Google took Clint. No, Google will never find Clint. Clint, Clint will always prevail. Uh, we're going to do a site clinic today. So if you want to, uh, and we're going to, it's an ask us anything. So an AUA, I guess, an ask us anything. Uh, ask us any SEO questions in the chat. Ask us about any of the dirty SEO secrets you want to know about, but you're too afraid to ask. We'll ask today. And uh, if you want us to take a look at your site and do a bit of a site, site clinic on your site and take a look and give you some really quick SEO tips uh, based on uh, actual data and based on actual experiments that we've done, and uh, we can do that. Just put your uh, sites in the chat. You might have to say like whatever dot com, like dot com. Otherwise, it might strip out your URLs and that kind of a thing. I might not see it. And try to remember to put a few asterisks by it so that I know to see it when the time comes. All right, there we go. I didn't know. Okay, so as we always do, let's start talking about what's new in SEO. And uh, Ted and I were just chatting before the uh, broadcast, and he's got some interesting stuff to talk about. But first, I just want to mention, and I mentioned this as well before the broadcast, but I was super surprised that uh, a big news happened in Google uh, recently is that uh, their head of search, John Gianandre, has been poached by Facebook. Uh, John Gianandre was also their head of artificial intelligence, and Facebook poached him. So I'll give you three guesses as to which company is going into AI and which company is not anymore, <laughs> or very much anymore. So, uh, uh, Ted, what do you think about that? Sorry, it was muted. Um, you know, I... I I think that those shakeups are always interesting, but I like to see what happens a couple months after they settle. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, we can start putting our tinfoil hats on and start speculating as to what that's going to mean. But I mean, you know, Google has always had a love-hate relationship with artificial intelligence. You know, I figured they were doubling down on it, moving John Gianandre into the head of search spot to replace uh, John uh, Amit Singhal. Who had been the head of search for over a decade previous to that? Uh, so I think this is a kind of an indication that we can kind of guess that Google will not be doubling down on AI as much. Maybe uh, they're still going to be still going to be doing machine learning. I think. Well, and, 
You know, it would be like a signal. I like to look for signals. Mm -hmm. You know, if Google all of a sudden said, you know, we're retiring 70% of our manual actions, then I would go, holy crap, they've <laughs> done some quality AI. Yes, they've nailed the but AI at that point, right? Until they do that, I don't think they've done some quality AI. Right, um, yeah. And so I, I have this thing that I call the earthworm test because uh, uh, I've read some some scientific uh, studies on earthworms and earthworms actually make decisions. They know how to pull debris into their burrows in a way such that they won't get stuck at the opening. So they know if it'll fit, they know which orientation of it will actually enter the burrow. Sure. And then I look at Google which like in Kyle Roof's experiment, uh, ranked a page that was Latin lorem ipsum text that was keyword tuned using Quora data, yeah. and Kyle ranked the page. So if Google has AI that's looking at the quality of your content, Google's AI is dumber than an earthworm. <laughs> right, yes. Because so, you can rank a lorem ipsum page with just keywords in the key spots. Yeah. So. You know, Occam's razor applied, that AI probably doesn't exist. Google is not reading the quality of your content algorithmically. Right. And it was John Gianandre who said at PubCon, I believe, last year, that the, something we should look forward to this year is Google's ability to read a page like a human being and understand it. Um, that hasn't happened yet. And now that John Gianandre is no longer working for Google, who knows if that will happen at all? Um, I think it's interesting from the, the political perspective, and that's the only thing I'll say about it, is that I guess Facebook is pretty serious about policing fake news if they hire John G. and Andre, uh, and that's that's the direction I think they'd probably be going with it. Uh, but, I mean, we were discussing earlier how difficult it would be <laughs> to police fake news. It's difficult for human beings to police fake news. We've been debating what truth is ever since, oh, time began, <laughs> you know. But to get an AI to try police fake news could be either really much harder or, or much easier. Hey, Keith, sorry, I can't hear you there. You're unmuted, but I'm not sure if your microphone's on. Keith is another guest of the show, another SEO in the White Hat versus Black Hat SEO group. And can you get a microphone working is the question. <laughs> it looks like no. <laughs> He's much better at SEO than he is at talking into a microphone, I assure you. <laughs> That's no problem, Keith. If you can get it working, great. If you can Yeah, you can type. <laughs> yeah. Either you want you want to you want to spook me with your fingers <laughs> or or you want to type. I'm assuming you mean typing. And yes, go ahead and you can type. Go ahead and type in the chat. Okay, here's some more. That's that was really interesting. So we really really we really have to the whole SEO community has to watch very closely about that. And if you do Facebook ads, you, you got to kind of pay attention to that too, because I guarantee there's going to be new rules coming down the pipe, you know, uh, new new indications of, of stuff, stuff like that's going to be going on. <clears throat> so uh, Keith says, why was G not realizing there was slowdown of indexing? Yeah, so here's another issue that came out recently is that, so for those of you who have been paying attention recently, Google has recently made, they're moving up the mobile first indexing. And they've been doing what I think they've been doing some uh, changes to their indexing and caching system ahead of time. A lot of the way that Google avoids 
uh, spam in their index and the blackout manipulation of their ranking factors is by controlling what they get indexed to begin with. At the end of the day, this is the, again, it's the same AI problem we were just discussing. It's very difficult for an AI to determine uh, what to differentiate between uh, black hat manipulative SEO tactics and white hat manipulative SEO tactics. At the end of the day, there's a blurry crossover. Uh, but it's not so hard for them to differentiate a spammy page versus a good page with, for certain factors, right? And it's those kinds of pages or the kinds of pages that they're not indexing anymore. Well, no, that's not true. They're having trouble indexing any page or they're, they're throttling the indexing of any page, including the, the spammy ones. Uh, it seems to be just a threshold, and Google admitted this, John Mueller admitted this previously, um, uh, that, that it, it depends on how many pages you're indexing a day. So if you go over a certain threshold, uh, then the uh, indexing of your pages gets slowed down. Uh, I don't know what the threshold is. No one knows what the threshold is. Uh, black hats and, and white hats both are still struggling to figure out this problem and to how they're doing the indexing these days. I haven't run into the wall yet. So uh, it just seems that they've implemented some kind of a wall and the wall could vary depending on the type of page or the type of indexer you are. If you, you send too many or the pages are spammy. Uh, I did see some trouble uh, in the Google submit as well. And that has been greatly throttled compared to the fetch and render, which has been somewhat throttled compared to submitting a sitemap. Here's the problem though, guys, is that, you know, like for example, um, uh, Pedro Diaz, who used to be a webmaster trends analyst who worked with the likes of John Mueller for Google years ago, and who's now a SEL, he tweeted out a kind of flippant statement recently. And he said, uh, you know, why is everyone using the, the Google submit in the search field in the first place? You're, the, the proper way of doing it is submitting a sitemap. Well, yes, if he wants to pull rank and say, I used to work for Google, and so the proper way of doing it is submitting a sitemap, fine. But the appeal to his authority notwithstanding, Google will also tell you in the same breath that if you ever get your sitemap wrong, that they'll never trust it anymore. And it, the ability it helps you, um, at least that's the way it used to work. I don't know if it still works that way because I don't bother using sitemaps. The well, reason I don't bother using, sorry, Ted? Uh, I, I think Pedro was flawed in his logic because uh, when I used to use that uh, Google feature, I often found myself knowing the correct answer to an inquiry that Google didn't have indexed and it wasn't my site. Exactly. So I'd submit somebody else's site with the right result for the keyword. And yeah. so there, you know, his answer doesn't allow for that. True. Or a backlink page that we want to get indexed, right? It's not on our site. That's probably usually what most people are using it for is they got a link somewhere and they want to get it indexed to make sure Google sees it, right? Yeah. So, and of course, I don't have a control of their sitemap, so that's not the issue. So, so I mean, you're, you're right. It, it's a flawed logic to begin with, but I think it's extra flawed the fact that sitemaps don't work half as well as, as the SEO industry seems to think they do. Um, if you're not going to increase the speed in which Google uh, crawls your site. You might be able to remind them to come over to crawl it. Here's another tidbit that I, I forgot just until now that I wanted to mention if any of my Black Hat friends are watching, and I'll, I'll remember maybe to mention it later on in their groups, uh, that John Mueller did specifically state, well, just use an RSS feed. We're still crawling and spidering RSS feeds like crazy. 
So I don't know if people have, have, have still use uh, like PubHub Subhub or still have their WordPress spitting out an automatic RSS feed that they're submitting to Google to PubHub Subhub so that Google can spider it or any other number of, of, of uh, platforms that will do that for you. John Mueller seemed to indicate that that would still be the fastest and most efficient way of getting your URLs crawled by Google. And of course, you can always stuff that, that RSS feed full of your backlink URLs as well. And there's various ways you could do that to get those, those URLs spidered. So I wanted the black hats, the people who really care about indexing, because they're making thousands of backlink pages and they want to get them indexed, is it really the only reason why we care, usually? Um, uh, Ninja250 asks, why don't I use sitemaps? Because you don't need to. They don't increase the amount that Google is going to spider your site. That's based on your server load and your freshness and your, your authority. And if you have a, a site that has proper links, 99% of the time, for 99% of the sites, if you have a proper linking structure, they're going to find new content and they're going to they're going to spider it perfectly fine at the level they're going to, and I can't manipulate that level. Now, the other 1% are sites which are like 200 million pages, and you're putting out like uh, 5,000 pages a day, and you want to make sure they get it, well, then, then you would have a sitemap, and you'd make sure your sitemap's never wrong, otherwise they won't. They claim they won't trust it. Ted, do you have a, an opinion on that? Well, I think uh, Google has a credibility problem with their uh, index stats. Uh, internally, uh, the number of pages indexed <clears throat> based on your sitemaps plus uh, compared to the uh, total pages indexed in the index stats, within Google Search Console, those two values almost never agree. Mm -hmm. And then when you go to your third-party rank tracking and you check for all your pages, you typically find almost all your pages ranking somewhere, being indexed. Mm -hmm. And that number is yet a different number, but it's evidence that they're all in the index. Uh -huh. So, you know, if, if Google's, you know, trying to, to say that they have some authority on what's being indexed, well, they're giving us, you know, obviously incorrect data right within Google Search Console. So maybe they have a special definition they're not sharing for why those index numbers never match up and what qualifies as an index page. Yes. Um, but, you know, it's it's highly flawed. Yeah, no, it definitely is. And um, my start 990 trick used to be the best trick to tell how many pages are actually indexed in Google, but now they limit it to 400. So if, you're, if your site is under 400 pages, it still works perfectly great. And if you want to use that tactic to see how many real competitors you have, that tactic is perfectly great. But uh, if you don't know what that means, email me, joshmashinsky at gmail.com. Uh, or join my Skype group where we continue the conversation. Email me to join my Skype group, and we can continue the conversation there as well. But yeah. um, If you have, like, Rank Tracker Pro and you tune one target term per page, it's very easy to know how many pages are indexed. Yeah, yeah, you can use that trick too for sure. Absolute correct answer is that method. Yeah, yeah, you can definitely use that That. Uh, that ability for, uh, as well. Uh, so uh, yeah, so I mean, but yeah, it's very interesting. It's, it's actually a pretty major component of SEO audits and SEO diagnosis, in my opinion, to see what each place says and what, what they're filtering. If this one says there's more and this one says there's less, you know what kind of filtering is going on. And through the indexing and caching, they do filtering and that affects ranking. And so I think personally, I think 
a lot a good reason why a lot of the black hats are having trouble with this too that's on purpose right and they're trying to throttle a lot of what the black hats are doing and uh and uh and i think that's a, a way that they would go forward doing that and a uh, a reason why you want to check how many pages you have indexed in google if your website only has 37 pages and you go and look at your index status and it says you have 12,000 pages indexed, mm -hmm. you've got an infinite crawling problem on your site with a lot of duplicated content. Yes, <laughs> this, this could be a problem. <laughs> this is making Google spend money trying to uh, index you and rank you. And anytime you make Google spend money on you, they're usually not very happy that's when penalties start. <laughs> That's there's a direct correlation to the money yeah. they spend uh, trying to rank you and the number of penalties they're going to probably want to give you. I think if you you check those numbers would would flow up and down and correlate. Yeah, and in general when your index pages vastly exceed the amount of pages you actually have, you're usually not crawling you know, the majority of your website. Usually you hit that infinite crawl and you've basically stopped crawling your website yes. and the rest of your content never gets indexed. Yes, you're absolutely right. Um, that's a standard SEO problem. John Mio talks about it all the time. Usually, the example he usually uses is like a calendar. If you have a calendar on your website that can go forward in time forever ostensibly, then Googlebot can get stuck in there and be crawling those pages up until like, 3,292, you know, or something like that. So, um, Keith, you think you finally got the mic fixed. Keith, oh, what do you hello? have to say? Are you there? <laughs> yes, we're here. We can hear you. <laughs> I forget my laptop has a bad problem. The Macintosh, very happy. So, hey, I appreciate you answering that question. It just seemed like they, when it was brought up to them in the Hangouts, they, Google was more like, there's a problem with indexing. We don't know what you're talking about. What? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they did. So, <laughs> I'm assuming that maybe there's such a strain on their servers, and it just slowly is. You know, it, once the dust settles, things will be great. You know, we get April showers and May flowers popping up. Right. <laughs> good. Good metaphor. Good metaphor uh, for this time of year. Um, yeah, they did seem surprised. John Mueller seemed surprised. Right. It was definitely good, too, because of uh, March Madness, right? That's what everyone was calling it. Oh, my gosh, it's March Madness. March Madness, yeah. Yeah, um, Yeah. John Mueller did seem genuinely surprised that people were having indexing issues. Um, I don't think the engineers were surprised. I think they're smarter than that, and they realize they're throttling black hats with this maneuver. Um, there was an issue. Ted looked like he wanted to say something there, so I paused. Well, yeah, de delays in indexing, you know, can make sense from an engineering standpoint. Like, let's say all of a sudden Google and their data structures decided they must track, you know, seven new fields of data. And in order for the Google to work, they have to recrawl re the internet to populate those fields. Mm -hmm. So then all of a sudden, you're going to have this lag in indexing because Google has to recrawl the internet in a hurry to make their new version work. Uh -huh. uh, so, you know, if Google has to recrawl everything, expect delays. Yes. And the first person, the first people who will get delayed are going to be people with spammy pages, low quality pages. And or manipulative pages, there, there was that's where they're going to make the decisions. Definitely not the brands. You know, Walmart's not going to have a crawling problem unless they're doing something incredibly stupid. And so, what now? We're weeks into this. What is the 
conventional wisdom, what do you, where do you think we're at? Quality, mobile first? Seems like there's a variety of factors happening. Uh, I don't know. It seems to be fluctuating. I, I, you know, Holly, of course, has been on the show many times, and we've been talking, and it seems to fluctuate that sometimes a new method she finds is working and it doesn't work. Then someone finds an old method that used to work and it, it, it does work. As I said earlier on the show, John Mueller maintains that RSS feeds are still working and probably the best way to do it. Um, it, it it's, this is going to settle out. The dust has to settle, and we have to kind of find out what's going on. Um, you know, who knows if uh, the at Google is actually surprised this is going on, if it's working as expected, or they might make more changes. The, it, it is a problem if the data centers are not updating because there's the indexing and caching problem. But the other problem is that the, the apparently that I had never experienced, but other people Clint claimed last week, and other people uh, Holly has claimed that the data centers are not updating very quickly. And so in Dallas, you have one set of ranking factors on the page, ranking results. And in New York, you have a completely different set of ranking results for the same query that is not necessarily a local-based query. And so it's the data centers that have a big difference. I've noticed that in terms of my, my testing I've been doing. Sometimes the Google.ca result I get up close to Victoria and Seattle and the Pacific Northwest is totally different than what my rank tracker gets, Microsite Masters, and who knows where where their uh, IP address is coming from or, or whether they, they must change that IP address and be using virtual private servers and stuff like that and be using proxies and moving it around. So so who really knows? But this has got to, I don't want to spend the whole show on this, but the, this has got to uh, filter out and we, we've got to kind of see. Uh, I would just say try to use RSS feeds and watch what Google says and does on this. Uh, and keep in mind that John Mueller doesn't know everything. I, I'm pretty sure the engineers don't tell him everything either. Um, okay, so there's some more really interesting new stuff that news that Ted had. Uh, Ted, uh, we were talking earlier about the changes to Corey you're making. Uh, Ted, do you want to talk to us a little about a little bit about that? This is very interesting stuff that's coming up. Uh, yeah, can you uh, see my application screen? I sure can. I just gave you focus there. Okay, so yeah, uh, re in regards to that uh, last inquiry, um, you know, what's what's the fallout? Like most recently, I saw one of my calibration sites uh, drop from page one all the way to mid page three. Now, the thing you have to understand about the calibration sites is I never ever changed them. The whole point of these sites is that everything stays the same so I can run Cora against it and know that everything is counting correctly. Of course. So this is a white hat site that I do not do SEO on, uh, and I never make changes to it. And for years, it's held its place, and then all of a sudden, it dropped. Okay. And so this data I'm showing is for this page from two days before Google made a change where it was ranking page one, two days after it's now bottom of page three. And this is the factor shakeout of that. And so what really caught my attention, what went sharply up in the factor correlations was tuning your headings and exact match and partial match domains. They all got a big boost in power. <laughs> so, I don't know what Google was doing. I don't think they, you know, I'd be surprised if they intentionally made EMDs and PMDs more powerful. 
but maybe they took out some legacy code that was limiting their their effect, and now those limits appear to be gone. And the shakeup for this keyword on this website I never change and never do SEO on is that the EMDs and the you know highly optimized headings all shot above it. Yeah, the on-page keyword specificity got increased. So yeah, that's yeah. weird. <laughs> I mean, they always say forget about keywords. The whole white hat SMX crowd is like forget about keywords. Keywords are dead. You know, just make the page for the user. Bloody 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 blah. But we keep getting evidence showing that keywords are not in any way dead. In fact, they seem to be getting more important. So that's that's a really weird result. Okay. So I don't want to spend the whole show on new stuff. You had some other new stuff you're talking about. We'll talk about that next week. There's always next week to talk about new core stuff as well. But thanks for sharing that, Ted. Um, okay, so as I promised, I want to answer some SEO questions and do a site clinic today. So I am going to go to the top of this um, uh, screen here and try and do some of that. Uh, uh, Scott Campbell asks, do brand and URL mentions with no hyperlink help rankings? Uh, Scott, I did that test, and, and it did very briefly give a boost. I need to repeat the test to make sure that that is a, a correct result. So just so everyone understands what that means, that means on a uh, on a comment or on a page somewhere, you know, I said, you know, for a great for great red apples, go to joshersfoodemporium.com, but joshersfoodemporium.com was all text. It was not a hyperlink in any way, shape, or form. And that test URL did go up very briefly right after that was spidered uh, and processed, like about a day after. It went up very briefly and then went down. So I think it can, it might be a, a freshness uh, factor. I know, uh, Ted and Cora, you do check for this factor. Yeah, and uh, there's a clue. There's a solid clue that Google gives you. If you fail to put your brand in your title, Google will rewrite your title and put it in there for you. So quite often it can, yes. So that's a very important clue. Uh, could you explain to the to the people who might not understand who are listening, namely me, what do you mean? <laughs> uh, well, clearly uh, they put value in this enough that they coded special behaviors within their system to force it to happen when it doesn't happen. Right, right, right. But in terms of uh, when you're checking your backlinks, uh, I'm sure you probably check uh, text mentions in backlinks. Does it A, do you check that? And B, does it ever correlate? Um, well, I, I don't test, uh, check the anchor text from backlinks because I don't have that data in Quora. Okay. Uh, but but on page it it does correlate. So having uh, having your brand, your domain mentioned, and your title does correlate from time to time. And mm. uh, domain citations on page uh, do correlate from time to time. Okay, so there's definitely something to add to the list if if Hrefs or SEMrush gives you that data because you rely on Hrefs or H SEMrush to give you backlink information. If they've got that information there of what, how many, and I believe if I saw an HRFs, I believe it does. If they give you text mentions, it'd be, it would be we need to see if that correlates. As far as to answering your question, uh, Scott, uh, in doing scientific testing in my testing environment, I did see a brief uh, a blip of yes, but I haven't gone back to retest it yet. Uh, Mr. Who? 
says, what sort of risk is there to rebranding to new domain via 301 redirect with a site that already ranks for some reasonably competitive queries? Worth it if branding will be materially better? Um, so let me get this straight, Mr. Who, that's, that's his name. Go check it in the chat. Uh, what sort of risk is there to rebranding a new to a new domain with a three to Well, here's the if you already have reasonably uh, ra reasonable rankings, you're threatening all those rankings. So if you 301a.com to b.com, you're 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 threatening all those rankings that you already have. And you're asking, was it worth it if branding will be materially better? I don't know how the branding would be materially better, because keep in mind that the uh, host name is the most is the strongest. Uh, a, a keyword on page ranking factor, host name, domain name, then page name. So if you have the keyword or a passion uh, or variation of the keyword in your uh, host name right now, you're changing away from that, that could be worse. If you're changing to that, it could be better, but you might be over threshold, you might not. It really depends on what's going on. Yeah, and I always favored running multiple sites. So if you think you have a better branded store, then make a second store with that brand, let them both compete on the same terms and pick a winner in a year. And if you can get to page one once, why not get to page one twice? Right. Yeah. Um, I do like that method. Uh, it depends on, uh, it all depends on the dollars, right? How much money, you know, try, instead of ranking one site, try to rank five, you know, instead of try to rank one page, try to rank a whole bunch of pages on different, on different sites. Or the other way to phrase it is instead of risking one site that works, just create two sites that work. Right. Now, of course, Google uh, talks against this tactic um, because they say that you're probably wasting your time and you're in out of an eight-hour day, you're spending four hours trying to rank this site and four hours trying to rank this site, and that's less time. But Ostensibly, they, you're going to have less results. But they allow for it in like AdWords. So you can have multiple stores with overlapping product as long as your product mix is at least 15% different. Right, yeah, of course. In AdWords, you can do it. In AdWords, you can do anything because <laughs> they're directly getting the money. So uh, yeah, it, it all depends on how many dollars you have to spend per, per month, really, and, and how deep that rabbit hole you want to go. Uh, let me see here. Where's my mouse? Uh, Mr. Who says he's seeing an EMD boost as well. Competition, sad face. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So Bradley, who's here on the chat, uh, asked me to do a site review. Uh, Bradley, in the chat, uh, I'm going to uh, look at your site. And uh, if you don't want me to show it to everybody, Say so now, but then it'll be a really bad example for a site review, <laughs> a live site review, if you don't want to show everybody. And uh, while that's going on there, uh, Ted, while I check this site out, you uh, you you were starting to get into uh, uh, checking the, the Chrome API. Can you tell us a little bit about the, some of the nuggets you found in the Chrome API that we were talking about before the show? Um, yeah, one second. Where did I put my because some of those were super interesting that you were finding out that uh, uh, Google has access to, which you would never imagine Google actually had access to. Yeah. Let me find my preview windows that had that open. Oh, you can even you can even share the screen and show us. Interesting. Uh, maybe. <laughs> maybe. Maybe not. There's several 
several things. I don't have my preview open anymore. Uh, so the first thing is the reason I know this is I'm changing Cora. I'm going to try and embed Chrome inside of it because I want Cora to behave more like Googlebot does. And that means I need to fetch and render pages and execute passive JavaScript. And uh, because I'm doing this, it means I'm looking into the internal APIs of the Chrome web browser and figuring out all the internals uh, that are going on there. And so I found several things that are interesting. And the first is you know, solid proof that Google is, in fact, using Chrome is a uh, headless bot to go and uh, crawl pages. And that's because they have a headless parameter. And what headless means is that it doesn't open a window. It can do everything in memory. So their servers don't need to have monitors and don't need to display rendered content. They just need to render it in memory so they can analyze it. Uh, so those internals are built into Chrome. So you know that's evidence that Google is using this as a bot. They built it to be used as a bot. Yes. Um, and then uh, next was this weird capability where they were stating for one feature that they had the ability to detect when users are creating accounts on websites. Mm -hmm. A feature set where things get enabled when Chrome detects that you're creating an account on any website out there. And so that's a, a, a really cool thing. And you know, it makes sense. We've kind of seen these types of features pop up, like do you want to save your password and you mm. know things of that nature. Uh, but there's an actual integrated feature set about being able to do that. So it asks all sorts of questions like, does that get communicated? Right. And then when I was looking at the stuff for, for the communications, I found this really weird parameter called no pings. Uh, yeah, this was the interesting one. Which uh, disables uh, auditing pings for hyperlinks. And what does that mean? I have no idea, but that sounds really, really dubious. Yeah, what, what is it? So can you say that again? It, it disables auditing pings from Chrome for hyperlinks. And that's all it said it does. And what so, is a hyperlink audit ping? <laughs> yeah, why are they auditing hyperlinks and where are they pinging them to? Yeah, that, so that's built into the API of Chrome. So like, what does that mean? Yeah. Do you think that is a part of their safe browse feature? I have I have no clue, but it's it you know it's interesting because now now that I'm integrating Chrome into Cora, I have access to a lot of this internal documentation inside of Chrome. Right, right. And, you know, it's really interesting. So I'm I'm learning a lot, and this is going to enable me to get whole new classes of factors into Cora, things like page weight and and uh, render time. Yeah. And, yeah visible text and above the fold and things that you otherwise couldn't do unless you're rendering the page. Yeah, yeah, that's great. So all this new stuff is uh, is going to be available in Cora soon. So that's fantastic. OK. So uh, that's great. So let's get to see here if we can uh, get another site clinic here going. So uh, Bradley says it's fine. So his site's called Foam, Make Foam Marker Kit. 
And uh, let me share that screen with you. Foam marker kit. You should be able to see the uh, website now, I think. What's a foam marker? That's a great, that's a great question. What is a foam marker? We're going to find out right now. <laughs> yeah. He says in the chat something about um, uh, it, uh, it's, an, it, it's an Italian product being sold in North America. And he asks, would this be the wrong approach for the website? Or should I should he go full e-commerce? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> I need to find out what the heck your uh, your your product is. What is a foam marker? Let's see. It's a piece of equipment that creates a droplet of foam for every couple of seconds. Okay. The purpose is to tag where you have sprayed chemical so they can more accurately apply your chemical. Oh, right. Because maybe your chemical could be clear and you want to know where you put pesticide or something. Sure. Okay. So maybe that's what it is. Great. Um, it's good that you have the FAQ at the bottom because otherwise people who just stumble on your site are going to have no idea what it is. But it's not such a problem for search, I don't think, because I assume people who are looking for a foam marker are definitely going to see that you've got a foam marker. It's an EMD. It's an exact match domain. So you have the boost for having your keyword in the domain name. But the problem there is, is that Google, I still maintain the possibility that Google has a filter that they might filter you out if you have some quality problems. So you've got to make sure that you don't, are not going over threshold in terms of uh, anchor text, uh, 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 if, if such a thing exists, although we've never found it in testing. But more importantly, you have to make sure your quality is, is uh, exactly what people want. If people are bouncing from your site, Google's not going to rank you, that's for sure. I think that's the problem with EMDs is, is the quality. So I, check, I did a few more little tests here. One thing is I did a site colon search. I noticed you only have seven pages. So that's not great. Because <laughs> uh, when I take a look at your co uh, competitors here, let's just take a look here. First off, let's see. Uh, when I search foam marker, here's the other problem is that you you're, you don't have a, a brand. And so immediately uh, uh, Google is going to uh, not give you any kind of brand benefit. If I click foam marker and I check your competition as well to see what you're going to need, remember you only had seven pages. Now, if I check your competition here, and if when SEMrush finally populates, we've got websites that have 4,000 keywords uh, ranked, 20 keywords, 89, 32, 500. Uh, ignore YouTube. Uh, okay, so most of your competitors have smaller sites as well, judging by the number of keywords. Uh, the pages are probably less than that, right? Anywhere from one to 10. So that's not too bad. Other than this one major competitor you have here, the fact that you, the fact that you have, uh, uh, other than this guy right here who has a bigger site, AgroSupply, uh, other than that, the fact that you have seven pages is not such an issue. Let's see what else I can find here. Um, I'll come back to this in a second though. So I had done a site colon. And Josh, uh, to your point about the having a brand, that's that's so spot on. That's huge, right? Because if you have an an EMD, and then all of your language is talking about the EMD foam marker kit, there needs to be some uniqueness to that product. You know, that special brand name. Yeah, you can very easily go over thresholds. So you definitely want to be careful there. It um, it does appear that it's made by. A-R-A-G, an Italian A-Reg, 
So there you go. You know, he could maybe start with, you know, the A-Rig foam marker kit, something like that. Yeah, you, you, it is an old tactic to differentiate yourself. Um, you know, to, if, you can't, if you can't beat them, make your own keyword and rank for that instead. Like, I, I used to use that tactic all the time. I'll, I, I don't make any money on this site anymore, so I, I don't mind sharing this little tidbit. There was a, a skin cream I used to sell, a resell affiliate site, and it was called uh, South Beach uh, uh, Life Cell or something like that. But everyone I noticed online, everyone got the name wrong and called it Lifestyle Anti-Aging when it was like South Beach Lifestyle Skin Cream. So I registered LifestyleAntiAging.com and I, I just uh, pushed the uh, the auto suggest, and so I got all that uh, all that traffic uh, from there, and and it was ranking on page one for years with that uh, site with no links virtually, because uh, everyone was looking for this Lifestyle Anti-Aging when they really wanted this South Beach Skin Cream, but they they anecdotally called it that. So again. If you can't beat them on the main keyword, you can always try and compete on a sub keyword. But let's assume for the sake of argument that this person wants to compete on the main keyword. So when I do a site colon search, uh, this looks okay if uh, other than you only have seven pages. If I do info, so this is another thing that's happening now. You notice it doesn't give me a dropdown. Now when I do info colon, this tells me the actual canonical URL with the HTTPS fullmarker.net. That's exactly what they said here for site. That's fine. You notice, though, they don't give me the, the ability to check the cache. Google has been randomly doing this. Like, there's no drop down here to check the cache. There is one here. I can check the cached version here. But randomly, they don't give you the ability to check the cache. They uh, spidered it yesterday, so that's, that's a good sign. If, they, if this was like 2017 and they hadn't spidered you for a year, that'd be a terrible sign. But they spidered you uh, yesterday, so that's a good sign. Uh, I'm going to view the source here and just look for some major problems. While I'm doing that, I'm going to take a look here. Oops, I didn't want to do that. Back at your competitors here. I'll let that populate. While it's populating, I also checked your speed really quickly. Uh, you do have some minor speed issues here. It took over a second to get the first bite. I'd like to see that down around uh, 0.5 seconds. And it took another three seconds after that to render the entire page. For such a simple design like this, this should not have taken three seconds to render. This should have taken one second to render. And um, you, I like how above the fold you have a buy now button, uh, but you have nowhere near sold me on what this is and why I need it. Uh, the, the picture here is not selling the dream. Uh, there's no sales value propositions anywhere here. It just said foam maker, marker kit, uh, buy now. So if I already know what I want, yeah, I can buy it. But again, there's no sales value propositions. There's no reason why I should buy it. But I like the fact that that's above the fold, so that's a good thing. But yeah, a photograph of someone using it, that'd be good. Yeah, that's selling the dream. Exactly. Um, uh, product shots typically, right. in my experience, do not sell as well as shots of people using the product. Exactly. Although I know Ted has quite a lot of e-commerce experience. He might uh, beg to differ. Okay, so um, uh, so let's see the reason why you're loading this thing so long. Look at this CSS file. I guarantee you this CSS file right now is crippling your, your SEO. Holy crap. It took over three seconds. <laughs> it took 0.5 seconds to download it, and it took over three seconds to process it. 
and it is in the header. So none of the rest of your document object model or it could be rendered until they process the CSS file. So I, this is a Google has recently put out a video, uh, uh, a hackathon on website design. It's a really good best practices to watch. So go check the Google Webmaster Central uh, uh, channel on YouTube. And it's got a couple uh, uh, girls who work for Google who work in their design uh, kind of section. And they will tell you all how to fix this. And it's really good stuff to get in doing. So look at what, I mean, that this is just uh, crazy, this, this CSS file. So I guarantee you probably copied and pasted that from somewhere else. So that would be one thing you definitely should be changing there. Any of this CSS you don't need, you don't need Google Fonts. Don't use Google Fonts on this. Use some different font that just comes with most computers, like Helvetica or Arial or, or something like that. Just use a, in, in, a, a, a default font. And then that way you're not going to, excuse me, that way you're not going to be using, uh, you're not going to need to download these fonts either, which took another couple seconds while this was processing as well. So I would change that for sure. Um, now let's look at your competitors here. So on average, the page authority on average you need to contend with to be on page one for foam marker, which I'm assuming is a query you want to rank for, is 17 on average. It's the page authority. The average trust flow is 27. Those are the two most important linking metrics in my opinion. Another thing is, again, this, I said the size uh, and the uh, optimization that goes on here and the keyword density. The SERP average is 1.9%. So um, you definitely want to be using uh, 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 Kyle's uh, testing uh, tool for, um, for, for optimizing your pages. Uh, let me share what that is. I believe it's HVSEO. It's this page here. You definitely, while this is still, uh, this is just a beta, and he's just allowing you to use it now, as soon as he turns this off, that you know, you're going to want to probably subscribe to this. But you're going to want to use this tool to optimize your, your pages. Uh, you definitely want to be doing that. And so your keyword density is the, is the correct in the correct places and the correct spots. Uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, Agro Supply is the biggest one. Uh, let's see some other competitors. Ignore the YouTube. You can't compete with that. Google will just put that there if they want to. Uh, Smucker, Richway, Spray, Partsware. Here's another thing I noticed by looking at the SERP. There's no duplication. There's no two listings from AgroSupply. They all have different listings. So this tells me that this is a, this is a high quality uh, search results page. That means to me that you've got to be converting as well as them. So, so again, this is just my personal opinion, but I don't think this is selling the best. And I think anyone who goes here is going to go, uh, nope, and they're going to go back to Google. And that is not going to work very well against your competitors. Let's see the, the top one. They give you a whole option, a whole bunch of them, and they give you at least some text as to why you should buy them. And it's a standard kind of experience. Okay, one. That there's was the first a, one. There's a uh, phone marker kit right there, item number three. You can probably click and learn a lot there. Yeah, keep in mind that uh, e-commerce category pages are really easy to rank in Google currently. There's just something magical about them that Google likes. Yeah, because they give options. Here's how to make one yourself. That's a DIY project. That's not exactly maybe what the, uh, the uh, 
the 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 person's looking for they may want to buy them they might want to make it themselves yeah and when i look at the cora data you know i look at the types of pages that are ranking yeah and in general they appear to be either blog post articles or store category pages um and so you're trying to rank a home page and that's a very different kind of page than what is actually ranking at the top. Yeah, that's a good point. And he even asked here uh, if, this, if this was the wrong approach to the website, and should or should and should he go e-commerce? Based on that Cora little little uh, little secret that Ted was nice enough to share, the answer would be yes. Definitely trying to rank a category page might be the way to go. Or make it an, a blog post article about this kit. Right, because the number one and two results were exactly that, in that order, a category page and then a blog post article. Yeah, and in terms of the things you're missing in the correlations, uh, your headings need to be tuned, um, and probably your title tag. Let me look at your title tag again, because you, you have an exact match in the title tag uh, which is good. It's a leading match, and that's a strong pattern, but you're not doing your brand mention in the title. Yeah, there's only three words used. Could definitely need help. Um, why are there multiple title tags on this page? Because we have a giant CSS file. Okay, well... Unless I'm wrong, and you can have multiple title tags on the page now. Uh, this, sorry, you cannot have multiple title tags. <laughs> yes, I, I didn't think so. <laughs> so I don't know why there's multiple title tags going on this page, but that doesn't look right to me, and I don't find the actual right one. Uh, am I even looking at the right? Yeah, I'm looking at foammaker.net. So, um, yeah. Uh, here's the URL. People are asking for the URL. I'll put it in the chat right now. Here's the URL for the uh, for Kyle's tool. Again, like I said, I don't promise it'll be there forever. Uh, use it. Use it when you can. Uh, if if it's not there, email me uh, at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Or if you have any questions or about any of this, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. Uh, and yeah, so I don't see where his actual title tags are. I was going to look at his title tags. Let's see, here's another thing, alt attribute. Do you have an alt attribute with uh, keywords in it? Let's see, foam marker kit, yes. Foam marker kit, uh-oh. Foam mar mar make marker ships to Canada and USA. Okay, good. Foam marker ships to Canada, USA. Yeah, they all have image, um, all the images have alt attributes, but not to say that they're the best ones. Yeah, you are hitting that keyword foam marker a whole lot for that being your EMD too. Yeah, and there, you know, the word sprayer, sprayed, any variations of that, you're missing out because really you need to have those other semantic synonyms that will complement what this item is. So Google will say, oh, it's a foam marker for sprayers. That's weird. So I clicked, <laughs> I put this link here for people to go to. Let me try it again. I just reloaded the page. It works. So I don't know, try it again. I don't know. If uh, the, the link works for me, I was just viewing it. 
Uh, maybe he's already shut it down. Who knows? Email me if you're having trouble getting to that, and uh, I can see what's up uh, and try and help you guys out with it. Yeah, so I don't think you want to have foam marker uh, listed so many times in your alt attribute. Uh, here's another thing I will check, a title attribute. I recently tested this. There is absolutely no value to a title attribute. In fact, in some of our tests, the pages went down. And you are using the title attribute as well, and but you're not stuffing any keywords in it. You're using the title attribute like it's what the alt attribute is supposed to be. <laughs> so, okay, that's not a problem necessarily for you, but it's definitely, you don't need to use the title attribute. Uh, you, you can just delete this title attribute. You don't need to use it at all. Uh, that's what you can do for that. So those are some quick suggestions what you can do for this site here. Let's see what other kind of questions we might have going on here in the chat. Um, or that Bradley said here in the chat. Uh, Richard, I see you demuted yourself. Did you have a question? <laughs> Richard's driving somewhere. Richard is driving no. to CEO town. This is the most popular show that you need to listen. Yeah, while I'm, I'm going home from work. I'm, I'm glad to hear it, Richard. <laughs> That's a good thing. I'm, unless you have a question, I'm going to mute you there, buddy, okay? Yep, that's fine. Okay, you drive safe now. <laughs> Will do. I don't know if I like him listening while he's driving because I don't want to be the cause of any kind of accident or anything like that. Richard, drive safe. Pay attention to the road. Do not pay attention to anything I'm saying. Okay, so Bradley says in the chat here, it's where you mark your chemical. Yeah, it's what we thought. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, you could consider going full e-commerce, but if you only have that one product, you can't go e-commerce. So I think Ted's suggestion is the right one, and you definitely want to go uh, uh, for more of a blog review page. And a blog review page is like a long sales letter. It will build the value. You need more sales value propositions. Why do I want to buy your phone marker? Um, to tell you the truth, the kind of tactic of, of making a one, like a, like a one-page site Virtually, what is a one-page site that tries to sell one product that is your your e exact match query domain? I don't see a lot of those ranking anymore, buddy. So, so you're really going to have to try hard to show Google the quality on that page. And I'm not sure if the exact match domain is really going to work for you there. But I don't see any other exact match domains on the SERP right now. So, if you get your your metrics close to what I showed you, you should be in the ballpark of of maybe ranking and getting it there. All right, folks, let's see if I can see any more questions up here in the chat. I don't see anything else. Um, Keith, uh, Ted, do you have any final thoughts for today? Not too much. You know, uh, back to Bradley, you know, if he maybe did a comparison of similar products, um, that would be good. Uh, if he could be really more well-known as the foam marker, you know, dominant site, That'll obviously build some authority for him and trust. Yeah, the phone marker guy, the phone marker guru. Some right. There's something where that at least there's more supporting documents. You know, you, you're not going to live by with seven. He's probably going to need twenty-five to forty. But to really focus on why I am the main authority about phone markers. Yeah, and. and you know, there might be value into getting into the knowledge panel. So if you have lots of questions, like how to clean a foam marker, how to prime one, how to 
you know, when to get new supplies for it, you know, how to maintain one. Getting getting into those questions might be a, a useful thing. Yeah, I mean, and it'll get you a ranking for long tail related to foam markers. Uh, it'll add more, as you said, credibility to why you should be um, why you should be ranked there. So Sean had a question uh, that I missed because Sean didn't use the asterisks. Oh, that's why you see these. You think these are for show? <laughs> like, look, look at what they do. Oh, I need these. I need to see the asterisks. Otherwise, I have no idea you're asking a question, my friend. Okay, so. Sean uh, says it's a very, very complex website. Okay, great. This is perfect for the last question. A very complex <laughs> question that is literally three paragraphs, but we're going to give it a try. Sean asked a question, and I'm going to give it a try. Okay, he says, last August, his website was taken off the first and second ranking for Auckland strippers in Google. <laughs> okay. Oh, I can't wait to look this up. Yeah, well, yeah. What's the URL of the website? We should definitely check this out. <laughs> you just... PM me that I'll check it afterwards. Just PM me the URL. Uh, actually, I have a funny story about a porn site that I recently did an audit on, but I'll save that maybe for my, the White Hat versus Black Hat Skype group. Uh, by the way, if you want to continue the conversation, join my White Hat versus Black Hat Skype group. Email me at joshpashinsky at gmail.com, and you can ask me more questions and hear all kind of funny stories about the audits I do on porn sites. Um, so he says, so last August, his website was taken off the first and second ranking in Google. After about six years worth of SEO, he had managed to get it to number one in Google. Now the home page and a sub page that were ranking really well are no longer on the front page of Google. I thought it would be a temporary drop, but it's not. There's nothing in Webmaster Tools. Those pages rank in Bing still, but not in Google. Uh, the website is Kiwi Strippers in the New Zealand market. Okay. Um, well, I don't. I want to be as family friendly as possible, so I don't want to actually start searching and showing my screen as to what I find when I look. I'll, I'll do that for you. Okay, okay, you, you, you go ahead there, Keith. Yeah, you just, you just turn off oh, the camera oh, oh, while if you oh. need. To. <laughs> oh no, oh, the boobs. Um, so um, yeah, I mean, Sean, it's 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 really super hard to. That's a hard one for me to do live on air. I'm sorry, my friend, because I want to keep the show. <laughs> I would need to. Actually, really start looking as to what's going on. Oh, I mean, uh, if, if I am looking for you, and I don't <laughs> need glasses, <laughs> you're gonna blow my glasses right off. If Ted's feeling nice, he could run a Cora report if he has time. Cora, and able to tell what's going Ted, on. You can't wait to do this one. <laughs> now, um, uh, okay, I, I gotta ask, what Kiwi is that a, a racial? Is that a cultural designation? Is that a racial slur? What what is that? What is what is a kiwi stripper? I don't send me pictures. <laughs> I don't I don't want to see pictures. Well, I do, but not on air. I don't want to see pictures. But what is what is that supposed to mean? Josh, they are an entertainment agency professional. Okay? <laughs> it's my capital K. I'm assuming that it's probably related to the fruit, and you know they're just sort of having a little bit of fun with the. K-I-W-I, Kiwi. Is that is that like a, 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 a like a, a slang for New Zealanders? Right. Right. Yes, that's what I thought. Okay. So 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 the reason I ask is that is that a local query? So I'm trying to determine if it was local ranking factors that you lost or if it's global ranking factors that you lost. So let me let me do this. I at least I can do this. Here, let me go and uh, uh, see here. Uh, okay, so if you use Bright Local, 
Okay, okay, folks, if you're offended by strippers or nudity of any kind, I'm going to share my screen just so he can see uh, how I would do, how I would start diagnosing this. So I would go here to New Zealand, and um, so you ought to tell me the query is Auckland strippers. Okay, Auckland strippers. And Auckland is the biggest city in New Zealand. Well, I, I knew that at least. Okay. So I'm assuming you're searching in Auckland for this or you're not searching in Auckland? Sean. So Sean, are we searching for Auckland? Are we searching in Auckland or we're outside of Auckland we're searching in Auckland is the question. Probably you're in Auckland, I imagine. It looks like he's number one on Google My Business. So I don't know if this is going to work, but if I do that search, it yeah, does give right. me. I oh, I see. Yeah. I'm so it does sure give me um, a local based search. <laughs> like, ooh, there's male ones too. Wow. Wow. That's fantastic. So, um, yeah, if this is your site here, brother, then, then you are coming up number one for us. I think. Uh, uh, oh, so you mean you're you're coming up really well on Google Maps? You're saying, but it's you're saying that the listing down here in the information listings got removed, is what you're saying? So I'll wait for you to answer. My my uh, I don't know if this is your site here, KiwiStrippers.co.nz, uh, Men of Steel. <laughs> I think it's this one, number eight, Josh, on your list. Yeah, I think this is his site here. So, so yeah, that's going to happen, a six-point uh, drop. Um, I would have to do an audit to know for sure why this is going on. Uh, you're still ranking number one in the map pack, which I imagine is what most of your rankings are coming for anyway or coming through for anyway. Um, uh, the owner of that business works for an SEO company. Yeah, well, it looks to me like maybe some of their links got devalued or, you know, any number of things can happen uh, as to why that is. I'm going to, uh, again, I'm going to have to take a deeper look as to why that is, especially when you tell me that, um, especially when you tell me that the owner of the business also works for an SEO company, that means I have to do it. I can't just do a 10,000 foot view and tell you what's going on. I would need to actually take a look and see what's going on. So, and that would be better to do off air anyway because of the nature of the subject matter. So I that's the show for today, guys. Thanks very much. Uh, so, Sean, email me if you want any more help on that at joshbachinsky at gmail.com. Actually, anyone watching, if you have any SEO questions at all, let me see if I can remember the script I'm supposed to say at the end of every show. Like the video, please, if you don't mind. Follow me on Twitter. Follow me on youtube.com slash jbashins or subscribe so you can get, watch more videos like this. If you have any SEO questions at all, you can email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. If you, John, John, now, now, don't say, don't say naughty things about New Zealand strippers in the chat. Um, <laughs> if you have any SEO questions, email me at joshbashinsky at gmail.com. If you want to continue the conversation, join my White Hat versus Black Hat Skype group. You can email me at joshbachinsky at gmail.com, or if you want more information about the conference we're running in the summer, which is associated with the Skype group, you can also go to whitehatversusblackhatconference.com to sign up for the conference and or for the Skype group. <sighs> Jeez, no wonder I forget to say that every time because it's arduous. 
So before we go, I just want to ask finally, uh, the, the panel listening, do you have any final thoughts before we take off? Uh, Sean, uh, contact me through my contact page on seotoolab.com. I'll send you the Cora report. Uh, there's a lot of on-page stuff you can do to, to you know, try to compete. There you go. Fantastic. And Keith, do you have any final words? Are you, did, did you catch your breath after looking at all those stripper sites? <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> okay, good. I'm speechless. Good. All right. Fantastic. He's uh, he's calmed down. He's calmed down. Okay. So this has been the White House versus Black at SEO show. I would like to thank Keith and Ted and Richard, Drive Safely, and Bradley for joining. Uh, check up with us every uh, pretty much every Wednesday at 1 o'clock Los Angeles time or Pacific time, and that's when we have the show. And we will see you my email address or whose? My email address is joshbashinsky at gmail.com. And email me, and if you want to get Ted's thing, I can get it through Ted that way, too. So thanks very much for watching, everybody. Go and dive in and look at these beautiful sites that people have, <laughs> have sent us today. And we'll see you next week. Uh, next week. Good luck in the service. See ya.